Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Um, in just a moment, I'm going to invite our preacher, um, Pastor John Scott, who happens to be my dad. And so uh, we are continuing our series called The World of Words. Who was here last week or got a chance to uh, listen to that online? Uh, this is going to be a really great series that is going to be both spiritual and transformational, but also really practical. And Life with Jesus is about having both of those things at the same time. And so, uh, as you know, if you've heard me talk about my parents, I honour my parents. Uh, the, one of the reasons that I do that is because there's a blessing there, but also because I've observed them over the years. I've seen how they live. They are definitely not perfect parents. And they are not as perfect as I am. And I can say that because my wife is not here. Um, and no one can uh, say otherwise. But they are a, a couple who have devoted their whole lives to serving God and to loving others. And so uh, I want to welcome, I want you to uh, welcome my dad, Pastor John, as he comes. I'll put this up here. Uh, the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 11, he said, I long to come to you that I might impart a spiritual gift that would benefit both of us. So it's not just about teaching or preaching or sharing exciting and sometimes weird stories, but it's about impartation, that something from heaven would come from me to you in his word and then it would come back again. So I'd benefit from that. And you'd benefit. And so, Father, we pray. Uh, this is not just an exercise in uh, religious devotion, but this is an exercise of us walking in the Spirit, where your Holy Spirit would give us words from your Word, and they would lodge in our hearts, and they would transform us, and the trajectory of our journey would be different than would have happened if we did not know you, weren't influenced by your nearness and closeness, didn't understand the power of transformation through your word. And so we set ourselves on that course today in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so Andrew has asked me to introduce myself because uh, there are some new people here and you may not know who I am. Uh, so my name is John Scott. I have been uh, a pastor for about 40 years and Catherine and I have been serving the Lord in one capacity or other for about 50 years. My wife Catherine, who I met at high school and she challenged me to put the Lord first in my life and I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's like I'm a country boy, I'm a little bit slow, a bit thick, but anyway, by God's grace and her help and the help of the Holy Spirit, um, God uh, transformed my life. Uh, and I thank him for that. Uh, so uh, Andrew is our youngest son. We've got an older son, Nathan, who sometimes comes and leads worship. 
uh, although not much now that we're meeting on a Sunday morning because he's got his own church, and a daughter, Natalie, who was here a couple of weeks ago. You may have met her with her husband, Anton, and her two boys. Um, I currently work at Family Radio 96.5 as one of the relationship managers, and I've been there for about five years. Been working in churches and not-for-profit Christian organisations for about 50 years on and off, full-time or part-time. And currently, um, joy or joy, I am undergoing chemotherapy for uh, non-Hodgkin lymphoma, uh, stage four, which is uh, like the end of life stage. It's like, ah, oh, that's exciting, which I've known about for about 14 months. So it's not a new thing. Uh, and it's like, whoa, this could be exciting. I said to the girl in the oncology ward recently, I, you know, she introduced herself and she said, Mr. Scott, how are you? I said, I'm good, actually. I'm excited. I said, I've never had chemo before. This could be interesting. And she looked at me, it's like, yeah, the psych ward is the ward down. You know, it's like... <laughs> but um, by the grace of God, I've come to a place in my life where... Christ is Lord of all. He's not just Lord of bits and pieces of it. And I'm more in awe of him than I'm scared about the other stuff. I'm more in awe of him than I'm in awe of the other good stuff. He, he is first in my life. So we're doing a series. Uh, the series is called um, Chris Parfoot. It's not the, uh, the, the, the war of worlds. You know, it's the world of words, and it's uh, the words that um, that shape our lives. And my session, uh, uh, Pastor Andrew, I call him Pastor Andrew because he's my pastor. Um, by the way, one of the reasons we like coming to this church, it's led by a spirit-filled pastor. And so Andrew is our little boy, but he's been walking with the spirit for 25 years. Uh, he hasn't told you the story yet, but as a young man, before he's married, he was smuggling gospel tracts into China with a group of guys. In China, up on the Russian border, at night, smuggling gospel tracts. So the guy that you have leading the church is not a lightweight, but somebody who knows what it is to trust the Lord and, and to put God first in his life. So he asked if I would share, and uh, I said, can I pick the topic? And the topic is the world of words, and the second in the series, this one is called self-talk. It's not going around saying, they don't like you, they don't like you, they don't like you. You know, people don't like you, people don't like you. It's not that sort of self-talk. It's a different... It's, it's bringing the word of God to play in your life where you're bringing something positive rather than to have a negative narrative... You're allowing the, the word of the Lord to dwell in your life richly. Uh, are you guys, Christian, shaking your head because that hasn't come up yet? Is that okay? Yes, okay. You might want to help there, Andrew, if you could. On the, It's okay. It's, uh, so I'll get you to go towards um, the scripture in a minute. Last week, Andrew talked about and continued to talk in the next few weeks about how words carry creative power that shapes our environment, creative power that shapes our environment. In other words, we're not here just about ourselves, but we want to make a difference and an impact on the planet. And uh, we want our own lives to be different. 
We want our families to be different. Uh, we want our community to be different. We want our church to be different. Um, and we want the, the planet to be different. And it can and it does start with us. It's amazing how influential you are. And it's amazing when the word influences you, what difference you can make to the people around you. Uh, we've been doing this series, or it's not more a series, it's more of a theme through the church about the family table. Come and put your feet under the table. That's a great invitation, isn't it? Come and make yourselves at home. Everybody contributes, everybody benefits. But when you sit at the table, wouldn't it be good to have something positive to say? When you get invited in and you're there and they say, what do you think? Um, yes, you want to be ready to say something positive. And that's why the Holy Spirit and we as the family of God are working together to actually increase the flow, the flow of the narrative where you're able to bring something that enriches people's lives. So self-talk. Now, self-talk is not positive mental self-image. It's not mind over matter. It's not affirmations. Say this to yourself 14 times. I am a good man. 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 As a matter of fact, what we were saying, the goodness of God is running after me. The goodness of God is running after me. That's a, that's a great thing to say. Uh, I actually say that while I'm in chemo. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. So I'm not saying I'm a good man, I'm a good man, I'm a good man. As long as I'm... It, it was, was interesting the other day I went in. So on Tuesday, I'm doing my third round of chemo unless anybody wants to stand in for me. Do I see a hand there? Hey, good, Jared, yeah. Okay, tell them your name is John Scott, 21st of the first 1950s, when you're born, they might say you're looking pretty good for a guy that's 70 years old and that you live at Six Bohina uh, Court. And they'll, they'll, they'll give you the... They, they dress in purple. They come in the dress... Because the stuff they put in you is poison. And they're all dressed up and they've got masks on and they go, you know, sort of bring it out of a bottle and it's, you know, it's like, it's, hey, Mr. Scott, would you like this? It's like, yeah, this could be interesting. You know, it's like, what are you going to do with that? I, mean, I know you can't touch it. You've got the purple gloves, the purple mask on. Where are you going to put that? We're going to put it in your veins. And so what do I say when that's happening to me? I pray. I say Grace. For what I'm about to receive, may the Lord make me truly thankful. And, uh, you know, I, I magnify the Lord and I minimize the problem. The Bible never said, oh, magnify the problem. Said, Let's make the, you know, cancer is not spelt with a capital C. It's spelt with a small c. Put it in its place. What if, they come, what if they come to me and they say to me, what if they come and say, actually, you don't have non-Hodgkin lymphoma. You've got that and something else and something else and something else. It's like, whatever. The first one needed a miracle. The second one needs a miracle. 
Oh, does he have little miracles or big miracles or medium signs? He's got miracles. Miracles happen. Miracles can happen when you're asleep. The power of God can come on you in the middle of the night when you're asleep, when you're not expecting it. If your heart is towards God, Ethan Parfoot, come to the front, please. Tell me the story. Come and tell me the story. Listen to this. Last night, last night, he's sleeping. He's asleep. The power of God comes on him. Can you share that with me? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so last night, I was uh, just... Oh, sorry, stop. Stop, okay. Stop. <laughs> Before you tell him what happened, tell him what happened, was it nine months ago? Oh, yeah. And how it happened? Because they'd be interested in that as well. Don't make it too long. Uh, okay. Our church picnic, I did a backflip off a swing and landed on my elbow and popped it out. Right out. So that was about 12 months ago. And um, it's been healing and it wasn't fully extending. And last night in the middle of my sleep... Stop. So I'm stopping again now. <laughs> because I'm teaching him how to do stories. Now, why was it important for that elbow to be healed? What do you do with that elbow normally? Other than the 20 push-ups I saw you do a minute ago. <laughs> other than 20 push-ups, what are you doing with that elbow? You, you do something, don't you? And this week is important, isn't it? Yeah. Because you've got an exam or something? Or? I've got... Uh, Two trombone auditions. Trombone auditions. And if you can't extend it properly, you can't play properly. And yeah. uh, auditions for what? Um, classical trombone and jazz trombone at the Conservatorium of Music. Hey, give the Lord a hand for that. <laughs> so this is an important, this is, an, this is an important story. Thank you. So last night, <laughs> do you want me to stop? No. Okay, I'm, all right. So last night, in the, mid, like, in the middle of the night, I was fast asleep and I woke up with a tingling in my elbow. And in my head, I, I just saw my elbow extending fully. And I started stretching it out and just going, Lord, if this is your will, just let, let, it, let it extend. And my elbow is almost fully straight this morning. Yeah. Thank you. Stop now. Stop now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that the Lord loves Ethan more than anybody else. But, but he is growing in the Lord and he is, he's, a, he's a young man and he, he's in a family that yesterday were talking to each other about the things of God, that encourage one another the things of God. And in the middle of the night, the Lord, the Spirit of God came on him with tingling. And often it happens like that. And the Lord is teaching us to be aware of when he's moving. If you go, what, what's, what's that? It says, I, I love in Jude, where Jude says, keep yourself in the love of God. That's your, your responsibility. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord. And every day and night, look for the mercy of God. Look for God wanting to intervene in your life and do good things because he wants to more than we realize. Praise God. So it's not affirmations, self-help programs, happy memes, smiley emojis. It's like, bing. So I, uh, I, I sort of dialed up self-talk on, uh, there's this thing uh, like uh, Google. Have you heard of that? Anyway, self-talk, uh, you know, uh, self-affirmations, etc. And it was like a billion memes going, poof, it's like, Oh, that's good, and that's good, and I was going to put one up for you, but I thought, 
you get them yourself. There's, but it's more than that. It's more than happy face, happy face. I don't know if you remember Strictly Ballroom. There's a quote in there, happy face. You know, put on your happy face. This, this lady was a bit down. It's more than putting on a happy face. It's something that's deeper in your heart. Uh, if you've got your Bible or a app or something, if you could open it up to two scriptures, one is uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. And I think I'm using, uh, I think it was King James or New King James. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Do not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting, um, as you read the scripture, as Catherine and I have done for, well, she for, I'm sorry to dob you in for 60 years nearly, um, and me for less than that, 50 years. It's rich and it's alive and it's growing and it's fresh every time. So what does this say? Uh, Do not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Is the speaking to yourselves, and I say speaking to yourself, in psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit, does that bring the infilling of the Spirit? Or does the infilling of the Spirit bring psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit? Is it cause and effect? And I think it's both. The infilling of the Spirit comes with the laying on of hands in Jesus' name. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 2, the Apostle Paul stood up when those that had heard him preach, when those that had heard him say, you've crucified the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ, they said, men and brethren, what do we do? And he said to them, um, repent, give your life, turn around, come home, repent, and be baptised and you shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. For this gift shall be to you and your children and as many as are far off. There is a infilling of the Spirit that comes out of after conversion, faith in Christ, water baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And after that, uh, Psalm chapter 40 says, The Lord has brought me out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. He's established my feet on a, on a solid path and put a song of praise in my mouth. For me, it came after I knew God had got me out of trouble got me out of my sin, got me out of my self and into him and then he filled me with praise and worship. So the filling of the Spirit comes after conversion and it leads to worship, but worship also leads to infilling of the Spirit. It's a cyclical thing. The path of the wise winds upwards. And so... We speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit. King David in Psalm 103 said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So 
David is talking to himself. David is saying to his soul, soul, bless the Lord. So what part of David is saying to his soul, bless the Lord? It's his spiritual part. And that's why when we get born again and filled with the spirit, our spirit rises up above our natural man. So if our, if our soul is mind, emotion and will, so our spirit is talking to our mind, it's talking to our emotions and it's talking to our will. That's what happens in a spiritual rebirth. I'm, by the way, by the way, this, this, I'm not going to tell you my testimony and my story and my cancer journey. This is not about me. This is about you, God's word and your destiny. That's why it's so important to be on, in church on a Sunday morning. This is, this is not about the preacher. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ, his word to transform your life. And as a matter of fact, what we should do is have... Andrew, perhaps you could do this, is take photos of people every week and we'll do before and after pictures. Like, is this is how they were on the 27th September 2020. It's like, whoa, look at them now! Because they're transformed. You know, you will not be what you are, but you will be changed. You will be changed. You, you, if you allow self-talk, not... But if you... Not you talking to yourself, but the word of Christ talking to you, if you allow that, you will become the person that you were born to do, born to be. So I used to work as a, as a chaplain in aged care. And I would say to the, the people in aged care, some of them younger than me, but a lot of them a lot older, and I'd say to them, how are you doing? Good, I'm just in God's waiting room. I'm here until I go. And I said, well, would you mind that you, if you didn't die until you found out why you were born? Don't die until you find out what you're here for. And once you find out what you're here for, and in the power of the Spirit, you can do that, do what he's called you to do, then we give you permission to, off you go, see you on the other side, which is which is great. Let me read Colossians, which is almost the same. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, be the final umpire, to which you were also called in one body and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. So there's a, there's a thing there about Speaking to yourself and then speaking to one another. Admonishing. Admonishing is counsel with blame. What is that? Imagine going to a church that counsels you with blame. What would that look like? Well, it looks like what Pastor Andrew did last week. It's like filthy fires. If you, if you let this... If you, if you let your tongue get unconstrained, go off and say whatever it wants to, whenever it wants to, blessing God... One minute, cursing those around you the next minute, they will be filthy fires. So he was counselling with blame, according to here, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and, and songs of the Spirit, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. By the way, cause and effect, cause and effect. One of the ways that you know 
that your self-talk is on track. Can I rewind that tape? One of the ways that you know that your self-talk is on track is that if you are constantly giving thanks to God. Giving thanks to God, as uh, Andrew said a couple of minutes ago, uh, the Christian life is all about faith. Thanksgiving is vocalised faith, is vocal faith. Thank you, Lord. When something bad happens to you, oh, 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 thank you, Lord. Oh, ah, praise God. And if you feel the spirit and you're speaking tongues, it's not Christian swearing. Speaking in tongues is like, ah, ah, particularly the builders, you know, it's like, ah, driving a sign in. Thank you, Lord. Speaking in tongues, I praise you, Lord. Oh, to get to the, to get to the place that God is bringing, it is automatic. The first thing that comes out of your word, out of your mouth, is not a swear word, but the first thing that comes out of your, your mouth is praise God, thank you, Jesus, and that is how you know that you're being renewed by the spirit of your mind is it becomes automatic. Remember in the days when other stuff was automatic? It's like, oh, I didn't know this place had turned blue, but it turned blue with the words I was using. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit. I, um, I'm going to just unpack a couple of things and then I'm going to give you a testimony and then I'm going to pray for you. So let me focus on this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It starts off by letting. One of the great things about the Christian life is you don't have to manufacture it. you just got to let it happen. He's already done it. He's died for you on the cross. He's made a way for you. He's given you his word. His word comes, batteries included. It comes empowered. And as you take it to heart... As you read it and take it to heart, it does its work in you if you let it do its work. You've got to allow it to do its work. You've got to receive it to do its work. And so in James, it says that we have received the engrafted word. Any, any, anybody do grafting of plants or know what grafting of plants are. So if you do roses, so the way to do roses is to get some really rough, tough, ugly, gnarly rootstock, rose rootstock that will stand up to any pests or diseases and it'll fight its way down through the soil and you get it and then you chop the head off it. And then you get a piece of rose that is really nice, fragrant or good blossoms or long-lasting when you cut the stems off, etc. And then you get the rootstock and you put a little cut through it and you open it up and you get a little a scion or a bud stock and you slide it down next into the rootstock and you bind it together and the gnarly rootstock will bring forth these beautiful flowers and you can actually have four or five different rose types on the same bush because you, that's what you do. And that's what happens that Christ opened his side and grafted us into the family of God. He was wounded and grafted us in 
that through his life, our lives flourish. And that's what we do when we receive the word of God. Listen to me. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. For the word of God to get into you, the Lord's got to put a slice in your heart, open you up and drop it in and bind it in, binding his word to our hearts. That's why I think it's really good, and you might think I'm crazy. No, sorry, you already know that. Um, but I think it's good often that we get offended and wounded so that we take the word of God deeper into our hearts. Uh, our oldest son, Nathan, rang me. Uh, he was dating a girl called Sonia, who, who he's now married to, and for whatever reason, she said, see you later. And he rang me and he said, she's gone. And I, who, who am not a good counsellor, so don't come to me for counselling, I, Andrew. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, tell the story. Uh, and, uh, and I said, uh, you know, very sensitively and graciously, so how do you feel? And he goes, what do you mean, how do I feel? I, he said, I'm gutted. I said, is it deep? The guy could hardly talk, you know, you think it would be fairly deep. It's like, Dad, I'm gutted. I went, praise God. And he goes, why praise God? And I said, it proves to me and it proves to me that you're not shallow. It proves to me that it's deep and you love her. And I think that's wonderful. And I said, now what we're going to do is we're going to ask for the grace of God and the word of God to go deeper. Hey, you ever been, somebody done a little pinprick on you? It's like, oh. You know, somebody, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just me. Ever been rejected? I mean, really rejected. I mean, I'm not talking about the time when Catherine walked out of me and she wouldn't talk to me before we married and that she would send the letters back to me in the presence and wouldn't answer the phone calls. I'm not talking about that rejection. Maybe I am. I'll come back to that later. Maybe I am talking about that. A little pinprick or, or a dagger or a sword or a javelin. Or a picard. The picard is the big long one that they used to use in medieval times when you drive it right in. A bit, a bit of a hook in the bottom of it as well. You know, that you ride past, you drive it in. It's like a javelin. Drive it into somebody and you couldn't rip it out. Say, look, break that off and give it back to me later. What if the grace of God went deeper than that? What if the word of God got deeper than that? What if, what if that when she walked out on me, that it was the thing that turned me to Jesus. What if, what if when people reject you, you say what King David said, when my mother and father abandon me, the Lord shall pick me up. What if, what if the Lord was to use that instead of the self-talk to say, this is the end of me, what if you say, what if this is the beginning of something new? What if this is the beginning of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that I wouldn't have got if somebody had got me between me and Jesus? What if it's just me and Jesus? What if just me and Jesus is God's ultimate plan for me? What if it's like going back and say, thank you, Lord, for that?
What if that causes you then, when people say to you, and I've had them say this to me, uh, we took over a church in a major capital city and I turned up on the first day and the guy that was the associate pastor who was there slid a letter across the table to me and the letter says, I don't like you. I don't like you, I don't like your ministry, I hear you push people over, etc. And I read the letter and I looked at him. I read the letter and I said, wow. Yeah, when people say they don't like me, I say, you know what, sometimes I don't like me. You know, say, well, you don't like me, I'm not surprised. I don't like me sometimes. And, he, and I looked at this and I said, well, this letter tells me you don't like me, but I've heard about you and I like you. He said, well, I'm not staying, I'm, I'm going and whatever. And so the next week we had, it was a church that we were taking over and the next week uh, we had some people going off to, it was my second week in the church as the pastor and uh, had some people going to China and Philippines and we we're going to pray for them. And this guy, I said, come on, I'll pray for you. He was going off to preach somewhere that night. He's a big, tall guy. He doesn't like me. So I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I've got self-talk going on here. I like this guy. I like this guy. Let's see what God will do. And we prayed for these people. Todd and Adam going to the Philippines. Kirsten's going off to China. And I reached up to this guy and I said, come on, church, let's pray for this guy. So the church had gone, we'd taken it over. It was a failed church. It had gone from 700 to 30. And they'd asked Catherine and I to come and we went, oh, we don't know. Anyway, nine months later, we... We turned up, I had to give, leave where I was and we turned up and it was, it gone back to about 120, two groups of 60 because this guy didn't like the church and they didn't like him and anyway, it was a bit of a problem and uh, I reached up and said, come on church, let's pray for this guy and uh, I love this guy. Father, would you bless him? Now he didn't like me because he thought I'd push people over. Power of God came on him and he was gone. It was like, Whoa. And the guy standing behind him who caught him was a funeral director. And he thought he'd died. He went. <laughs> and then he went. Anyway, he went off to preach that night. Didn't know where he was for three days. Parrot God had come on him. Didn't know where he was for three days. Next week he gets up in church. He says, oh, I want to give a testimony. And this is his testimony. You know, I've told many of you I didn't like John. I didn't want him to come. And I went, oh, well, okay, whatever. I thought, let it all out. And then he said this. He said, I was wrong. And I'm sorry and I repent. Could I stay? And there's about 120 people there. And I said, what do you reckon, church? We keep him or we get rid of him? And they said, we keep him. Okay, we'll keep him. Three weeks later, I put him on staff. He didn't like me. I put him on staff. When my mother and father reject me, the Lord shall lift me up. Because when you self-talk, when you've got a positive relationship with Christ and you're telling yourself the right things, you are not insecure. And when you're not insecure, then God can use you. But if you are insecure, it makes it difficult, if not impossible, for the Lord to use you. So by the grace of God, he and I worked together and we got the church back to about 440 or something. We left when the grandchildren were born to come back here. He wanted to take the church. He didn't get a chance to take the church. 
he, uh, I wrote to him, he didn't answer me, cut me off again. And one of the girls rang me and said, he's dying, he's in palliative care. And I thought, I've got to go to him. So I flew down, uninvited, unwelcome, stood at his bed. And he said, I hope you'd come. I'd hope you'd come. Because I'm not living my life on what I think about me or what others think about me. I'm living my life on what Christ thinks about me. I am not a product of my socioeconomic background or my circumstances. You are not a product of your socioeconomic circumstances, your academic study or not academic study. You are a product of the word of God and his spirit. That you are a product of what he says about you and what you say about you if your words are aligned to the word of God. That's who you are. And as you are that, there's nothing and nobody will stand between you and God's destiny on your life, God's calling on your life. So I turned up unwelcomed and uninvited at the end of his bed. He used to do that as well to people. I thought if he can do it, I can do it. And he burst into tears. Later that night, I came down to pray for him. Mary said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I had to turn up just in case the Lord was going to use my one prayer to be the prayer that turned him around. That night, he said to his son, Jason, I'm dying. I'm happy to go. The Lord said to me, he'll take me. Before he takes me, he'll send my angel. My angel has come. He called me his angel. And he died. And the next week I turned up at the funeral. There's 700 people at the funeral. And his wife, his widow, came to me and said, uh, John, we're just letting you know that we're not inviting people to the graveside. But we want you to bury him because you loved him. That's not my story. That's your story. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Return evil with good. That's the thing that you're telling yourself. That's the thing that you're telling yourself. That's the thing that makes you invincible. You are a product of the word of God and the spirit. Let me finish by alluding back to last week when Pastor Andrew preached... Uh, on, uh, on filthy fires and said you can't uh, bring spring water out of, a, out of a brackish stream. You can't bring spring water out of a salty stream. This self-talk makes the water into a well of life springing up within you. You have, you have a well of life springing up within you and you can stir that up you can it, it says uh, going back here it says don't be drunk with wine where is in excess but be filled with the spirit speaking yourself with psalms and hymns and songs of the spirit is actually spiritual songs they're actually spontaneous songs let me let me read this as the last uh, verse i'm going to read to you well it's the same verse i read to you and uh it's in the new 
Passion Translation. And I'll find it and then I'll pray. This is uh, Colossians 3.16 in the Passion. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with wisdom, flooding, saturating you with wisdom. Saturating you with wisdom. It's rich in you. Theologically, academically, doctrinally, devotionally, but as importantly, personally. Somebody said, don't take this, don't take this message seriously. Take it personally. It's like, oh, I've taken it seriously. No, no, no. Take it per- It's for you. The Lord himself and personally by the power of his spirit is speaking to you this morning. He's ministering to you deep down, deep down in your heart. And then it says, apply the scriptures. Apply them. As you teach and instruct one another with psalms and festive praises, with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. I'm preparing this yesterday and then I get an email from from one Tanya Pan who says, I wrote a song for you. She wrote a song that I might, a song of the Spirit, just spontaneous. So sing to God with all your hearts. Um, I just want to want to draw to you the importance of worship in learning the word. And so we grew up in the times when scripture in song was part of the songs we were singing. So a lot of the scriptures, John and Teresa, you would remember scripture in song, and a lot of the word comes with the music. And so I can get up and preach in an atmosphere where, where you're all receiving this morning because you've been worshipping. And can I encourage you, the more you worship, the more you open your heart to the Lord, the more effective that the word of God is, which is great. Would you stand with me for a minute, please? And the reason I want you to stand is, is that um, when you're sitting, uh, it seems as though I can't go deep enough, but I just want to... So this is the word. While you just focus in on the Lord... This morning, why, why are you focusing on the Lord this morning? And you remember any rejection, any words that people have spoken to you. As a matter of fact, self-talk is very easy. What you do is you take the negative that they gave you and turn it to positive. It's very simple. So what do I do? If they rejected you, accept them. If they're stingy, be generous. Just do the opposite. Father God, I am in awe, I'm in awe this morning of what you want to do. Corinthians says, it has not yet appeared what we shall be, but we shall be changed. It has not appeared yet what we shall be. Don't. Don't become discontent where you're at at the moment. It's not where God wants to take you. He wants to take you to a better place. He, through Jesus Christ, has given you... What, what does 
I think it's the book of Peter, says, For unto us have been given exceedingly great and precious promises. To us, He has given exceedingly great and precious promises. Not empty words. He's not teasing you and saying, I've got this for some of you. He's not saying, oh, this is for for Jack or Mary. It's not for Jack or Mary, it's for you, if you take it to heart. And so, Father, in this place where your Holy Spirit has been working and moving and, Lord, your people have been meditating and you've brought many tears already or many, many, many hearts moved this morning by your word. I add your word to that again. For your word says, He that has begun a good work in you shall bring it to completion in the day of Christ. I declare not the limitations of our own understanding, but I declare the limitless grace of God on every believer in this place that you can lift us as King David said in I think Psalm 16 into a large place not a little narrow gutted place where you can't breathe or move you can't be yourself but I declare to you that God promises that you become everything that he's promised you'd be And I declare to you, it doesn't depend on the circumstances and it doesn't depend on your age and it doesn't depend on your education and it doesn't depend on uh, whether you're carrying something in your body or not. It just depends on the Word and His promise. And I release you in Jesus' name to be all that He wants you to be. Your love is running after, running after me. Your love is running after, running after me. Say it to yourself. Your love is running after. It's running after me. Your love is running after. Can you be seated? Thank you. And so, as I finish, I don't say stage four, non-Hodgkin lymphoma. I don't say, why me? I say, why not me? Why not give it to somebody with a bit of faith? Don't give it to a young person that's just starting the journey. Why not give it to somebody who's excited to trust God? Let's see how this goes. Is that where you're at this morning? You got a problem? I hope you got a problem. I hope it's a big one because the victory will be better and greater. God bless you. So why don't you uh, thank John. Hey, uh, I'm just going to ask um, John and Catherine just to hang around this side, if you'd like prayer for anything or if you want to respond to this uh, message, you can do that. Other than that, um, the guys are going to bring some food into us and we'd love for you to hang around for a couple of minutes. And uh, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next week. God bless.
Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.